I, I used to feel so much shame around this. I would compare my life to friends who graduated in four years, thinking no matter what I've done professionally, I still felt behind in some way. Welcome to the Reach New Heights podcast, where we dive deep into all things self-healing, transformation, and building dreams. I'm Julie Householder, and it is my passion to share powerful tools to empower you to transform your life and reach new heights. Let's get started. Welcome to episode numero tres, number three on the Reach New Heights podcast. I'm Julie Householder, and today we are talking about the feeling of being behind in our life schedule or path, some possible roots to this feeling, nature's messages about pacing, and some powerful reflection questions and tips. Before we hop into our discussion, let's take a moment to tune in. And wherever you are, notice where you might be holding some stress or tension in your body. Starting from the top of your head, moving down to your shoulders, your back, moving over your abdomen, to your hips, all the way down to the bottom of your feet and your toes and ankles. Just notice where you might be holding some tension. For each of us, it's different. For me, I notice that I hold a lot of my tension in my shoulders, in my upper back. And so wherever you feel that tension in this moment, I'm just gonna invite you to start drawing some full deep breaths in through your nose. And exhale out through your mouth. And continue breathing in. this third breath just begin to visualize that with every single inhale you're starting to dissolve that tension and as you exhale you're allowing it to wash out of your body and again drawing another full deep breath in and exhale have you ever felt like you were behind in life Society force feeds us this timeline, this idea for how our life should be. An example that I've seen, and there could be many timelines from society, but an example that I've seen and felt in my own life is kind of that go to school, graduate, get a job, get a spouse, get married, uh, have 2.0 children and a pet, continue working, retire. And a lot of this timeline expectation is usually within a certain age range. In talking with people, I notice many of us, myself included, who stray away from the typical timeline or have had a different path in life often experience feelings coming up about being behind or not matching whatever idea. And it can feel like it kind of haunts the back of our minds. It can be painful. The truth is, I don't have a college degree. Not officially. Not yet. My life path has been anything but standard. I got sick my junior year in college and withdrew midway through my senior year before I got my degree. I took time off from school to heal. I studied under thought leaders, holistic healers. I studied rigorously in a coaching and healing practitioner programs 
to become certified as a life coach and an energy healer. I began a business at age 22 while simultaneously working in a variety of industries, even restaurants to support myself. And I'm still in school studying holistic psychology and holistic wellness. And I plan to finally graduate with one degree when in reality I have enough credits from different colleges and programs that I've done for multiple degrees at this point. Uh, but I, I used to feel so much shame around this. I would compare my life to friends who graduated in four years, thinking no matter what I've done professionally, I still felt behind in some way. But our lives, as I began to realize, are not like houses in a cookie-cutter neighborhood. Each of us and our life path, as cliche as this sounds, is unique. Cliche because that truth is spoken so often. But on the flip side, if we really believed in our inherent uniqueness and truly believed that our life path will look different from other people's, why do so many of us still suffer over this? If you look to nature and the changing of seasons, this past year was actually my first time seeing spring and fall. I'm from South Florida, and the only changing in nature is when a palm frond turns brown and falls on the driveway or falls in your backyard, and I catch my dog outside chewing on them. But as I watched spring, week after week, each tree waking up from its hibernation, springing forth beautiful bright green leaves, not at the same time as I initially expected. I mean, I don't know what to expect. I'm from Florida. And my boyfriend and I would joke about these trees that stayed in their winter hibernation the longest. And I'd always yell, me, when I saw them because I feel like I'm a hibernating bear in the mornings. And for anyone who knows me, like personally, if I take a nap, I swear I'll nap for like three hours and I just, it's, I'm, it's very hard for me to wake up. Uh, but through my, my Florida girl eyeballs, I marveled at how each tree, even trees next to each other of the same species would wake up at different times. And the same thing happened during the fall. Trees and plants had their own time for letting go and preparing for the winter ahead. Nature has its own timing and rhythm. It naturally follows without angst. Unless, of course, it's interrupted by humans, but I digress. Um, but, you know, this timing, you know, as do we, as do our lives. So where do these societal ideas come from? in regards to this timeline that we all have to follow or fit in. And some of the factors that I've noticed, one being our tendency towards comparison, kind of like that expression of king, keeping up with the, the Joneses, which is an expression that comes from, you know, when someone compares themselves to their neighbors and they basically demonstrate kind of like their socioeconomic status in their process of accumulating material items. So like Jerry next door gets a new car, so you get a nicer car to show Jerry up sort of idea. Except now it isn't competing with those just around us within our neighborhood or within our circles. We're competing with the entirety of what and who we see on the internet. It's like scrolling through a social media platform and being like, oh wow, look, the Smith family, oh, they're in Costa Rica. Didn't they just get back from Cancun? Dang, my last trip was to the grocery store, <laughs> right? Or like, oh, look at Sally. Like, she just got married and has two babies. She's an entrepreneur and bought a new house. Like, wow, Sally looks like so happy. And, and look at her life. My life doesn't 
look like that. You get the point, right? Another factor could be, you know, our subconscious ideas of success and that timeline process for what that success is observed from family, from school, society. Cultural background also plays a major role in this, depending on your culture and your family culture, what's deemed as successful or what's deemed as an appropriate timeline for you and what you do in your life, professionally speaking. Um, Also, you know, within those cultural norms, you know, gender also plays a role in that and that's influenced by culture, like those expectations on genders. And, you know, if you're getting any pressure from family about certain things like expectations around income, job positions, marriage, children, you know, et cetera. And a big one for me, another factor that's really big for me, is competition in the education system in the professional world. I mean, starting even like as soon as high school, I went to a high school that was like really big on college prep and it was a very competitive environment. And as a high school student who was also navigating depression and anxiety at the time for the first time, um, I felt a lot of stress about being good enough, smart enough, interesting enough, right, to be accepted by a college compared to other students who took like 3,021 advanced placement classes and had like 210 extracurricular activities, right? But I, I felt super behind in my student life. And this continued into my college experience. Initially, before I got into this whole personal development world and healing and all of that, I was actually a strategic communication, so like a PR and journalism double major. And journalism, I'll never forget, um, painted by my professors. They were like, journalism is a dying field. A dying field, they're hiring less people and they're expecting those selected to be able to do more. So if you wanna be a journalist, you don't just have to only write. You have to now be a writer, a photographer, a videographer, a video editor, a copy editor, the works, right? For you to be able to like thrive in this degree. And according to our professors, we had to do whatever we could to make ourselves and our portfolio captivating enough so when a prospective employer glanced at our resume for, I don't know, five seconds, uh, we might be worthy or interesting enough for further consideration for that position, right? And so as a working student, sometimes working 30 to 40 hours a week, multiple jobs or one job, um, working those hours, I constantly felt like I was behind other students. I felt like I was behind in life. Um, And then another kind of like random side digression that I know a lot of people experience and a lot of women I've talked to is like that biological aspect of timelines in our life. So speaking through my personal lens for what I'd like to create in my life and conversations that I've had with other female friends who have similar aspirations of starting a family, we talk about like that biological aspect and our timeline for our body. And I never realized, I remember people talking about like, oh, that ticking clock or whatever. And I had never really thought about it until I got older and was like planning all of these things that I want to do or thinking of things that I want to do. And as a woman who would like to have kiddos one day, I'm hyper aware of that. And as women have gained more agency in society, you know, we're building careers now, many of us are facing this complex balance of timing in what it is we want to build, when we're going to do this, you know, balancing our dreams can feel overwhelming. And a lot of women I've spoken to have voiced that they feel super rushed to complete certain things or push forward in certain domains of their lives so they can work in their idea for building a family. Um, So clearly, you know, these experiences I'm talking about 
are specific to my life, my perception, my upbringing. Um, and you know, your life and your perception is going to be totally different from mine. But what I find it interesting is even though you and I can have completely different backgrounds, different upbringings, different experiences, how many of us still share this feeling of being behind in life, regardless of what domain it is, whether it's professional, you know, personal with like relationships, uh, time and money, freedom, things that we want to do. Um, and, and we share this. And it's so interesting that it impacts so many people's lives, regardless of that background or life experience that they have. So what can we do about this feeling? if it's causing us inner turmoil and angst in our life. First things first is to become aware of it. We can't do anything about something if we're not aware of it. From there, I like to get curious. So not push the feeling away, not suppress it. I like to approach it with childlike curiosity. So growing up, my brother and I had these bug catcher boxes where we would build a little ecosystem for the grasshoppers we caught. And I loved looking at them and the little window on the side had a built-in magnifying glass. <laughs> um, and I loved it. I loved looking at them. And I can remember that childlike curiosity that I had around these grasshoppers. And so from this place of curiosity, I like to begin asking myself questions and reflect. And I encourage you to think about this. Um, these are also really great journal prompts. And the first one being, what timeline am I using in my mind for my life? Where did this come from? Am I following this timeline for the sake of other people's admiration and approval? Is it to meet another's expectations? Do I feel pressure from someone or something? What thoughts do I have come up around not meeting this timeline? Are these thoughts in some way reflecting what I've heard from others and society throughout my life. And as you sit with these questions, many of these questions might bring up some emotions for you. So this is just a loving reminder to be gentle with yourself. I find it critical to give emotions a structure to release. And if we look at these emotions as energy, as an energy wave in motion, we can give them a structure to move in a way that best serves us. And my personal favorite ways, it's like writing, um, like a bullet point list journaling or sentence journaling, um, talking them out with a professional or a loved one. I love going for walk, for walks outside with nature. Uh, moving energy while exercising is something that's really helpful for me with challenging emotions. Uh, but I encourage you to find what, what feels good and what feels best for you. Uh, another question to think, reflect, or journal on is, what would I love for my life? What feels good to me? Regardless of what others say or think about us, what we think about ourselves and our lives is most important. Because at the end of the day, you know, I'm the one that's gonna live my life. Not my family, not my friends, not my professors, not my geography teacher from high school, not the neighbor, not the stranger at the grocery store, me. And it took me quite some time to really lean into that truth and take responsibility for that truth and that recognition once I, I knew I could develop that awareness um, to give myself the permission to follow what I would love and to make peace with my life's pacing. Do I still have the feeling of being behind in life at times? Do I still feel affected by what other people, especially those close to me, think about it? 
of course, I mean, you know, I'm human. I'm at no means perfect. But the key here is, is number one, I'm aware of it. Two, I have the emotion without it ruling my life and conscious view of myself 100% of the time. Whereas before it was, it was just 24-7, right? That was like a basis for how I felt about myself and my self-esteem. When I do feel overwhelmed by that thought pattern, it's an opportunity to get curious and reflect. So I use these moments as a chance to practice kind self-talk, to remind myself and tune in and say, you know, what is it that I'd love to create in my life right now? What do I love about my life? What are some things right now that I'm grateful for or I really appreciate about myself and my life? and my pacing. And I remind myself of the divine timing of nature. And in the same way as nature, my life has its own divine patterning, divine timing, and this timing will differ from others. And so reminding myself of these things from a place of kindness, because we're human and we forget often. We have to remind ourselves again over and over of these truths. If all of our lives were exactly the same, I mean, how boring would life on Earth be? I think it'd be tremendously boring. <laughs> and so from my heart to yours, may you feel peace in your mind and heart about your journey, remembering you're more than enough just as you are. From my heart to yours, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I love creating it. As always, you can connect with me on Instagram at J-U-L-Householder or my website, juliehouseholder.com. I love hearing how you've integrated these episodes into your life. And if you feel called, please leave a review on iTunes so we can help others reach new heights. 